0: Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. I am so excited for today's um, podcast. You guys are um, just are gonna be really excited to hear this information once you hear it because guess what? Clarity means a lot of peace. When you find clarity and you realize okay, this is why I'm doing the things I'm doing. This is why I'm reacting the way I'm reacting. It feels so good to know that, one, it's not just me. Two, you're not flawed. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. This is just the way you were programmed. This is what happened, right? So, you know, let's get going. You know, um, so what I've discovered, okay, throughout these years of work is that when we're growing up, okay, um, there's just, let, let's talk two simple categories that parents fall into when, when it comes to kids. I mean, there's, a, there's you know, there's a, so many different things I've talked to about, you know, if you've been the rejected child, the neglected child, all of those things, but I'm going to go a little bit more broad today because sometimes when I go really specific then somebody goes, well, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, but part of it is them. So I'm going to go a little more more broad so you can see how this is affecting your relationships, your marriage, right? This is serious. I'm being, I, I think that I, I, I need you to understand that these are subconscious reactions that are happening over and over and over. And nobody ever in the history of this world is just going to change. It does not happen. So I put parents in two, two different categories, okay? They're either intrusive parents or neglectful parents. So, meaning they're either over-involved and overindulging, right? So they're telling us what to do, think, or feel, right? And then a lot of those people are very overindulging. indulging um, you know, the, oh, the, the child's on the pedestal, or under-involved, which means they're basically physically um, or emotionally absent. And so, and as a response to that, we become anxious, self absorbed, lose our capacity, you know, for empathy sometimes, um, you know, the narcissist, right? And we become, and there's all these other symptoms, the, the reactions, the coping mechanisms that we become, and we become basically walking around like wounded um, soldiers in a battlefield, right? So for the child who experienced like the intrusive parents, later, much later years, this person becomes an isolator. What's an isolator? They unconsciously push other people away. Keeps people at a distance. Needs to have a lot of space. Wants the freedom to come and go. Thinks independently. Speaks freely. Processes emotions internally. Proudly says I'm self-reliant. But all the while underneath this very cool exterior, okay? So you would think of the dismissive avoidance, somebody like that. All the while underneath here is that two, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old little girl or boy who is not allowed, okay, to um, satisfy that natural need for independence, okay? So again, this is if you have those intrusive parents. They're over-involved. So when they marry they basically are like this is me I have a dis- they 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 just need that distance. They'll push people away, right? They just want to be more independent or in any relationship. So now if you're a child who experienced neglectful parents, you know, the ones that, you know, couldn't comfort you, were not there physically and everything, but go away, I'm busy. Go play with your toys. Stop clinging to me. Okay, so they're not basically equipped to handle the child's needs. And they grew up feeling emotionally abandoned. And so eventually, what do they become? Fusers. These people have an insatiable need for closeness. So the isolator that had the intrusive parents does the opposite. Right? So it's opposite, you see? So if you had parents that were overly telling you what to do all the time, controlling every aspect of your life, now remember, this is not black and white. There are gray areas. This is a generalization, but generally, most of the time, this is where people fit in a category. And yes, there are obviously other things that come into play, but this, I'm explaining the basics of what happens. So now, the fuser wants to do things together all the time. And guess what? The diffuser, who does the fuser end up with? The isolator. The fuser wants to be with somebody all the time. The isolator wants to push them away. So if people fail to show up at the point in time, guess what? They feel abandoned. This is the fuser, right? They, they are like, oh, ah! right? So they're freaking the hell out. Like, why didn't you come? Why haven't you called? Right? So then these are the people that immediately, if they think of divorce or a breakup, they have thoughts of terror. Okay. They really have thoughts of terror. But as they get older, this is what's interesting. If they have not healed, as they get older, they they start enjoying some independence. But guess what? And I'm talking like late 40s, 50s. And I see this over and over. They, even though they're enjoying their, it, it's like more independence and not needing to be as fused, right? The, still, the t- thought of divorce ter- um, terrorizes them. Freaks them out. Even though they're not even sure if they're in love with their spouse. So, um, you know, in, 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 but but again, early on, um, you know, these people, they crave physical attention, reassurance, often need to stay in con- constant verbal contact. Um, and all of the, all beneath all of this is that clinging behavior of the young child who needed more time on their parents' lap. Needed more time with their parents. Needed more love. Needed more understanding. Needed more support. And wasn't getting it from anyone. Okay? So, I was, guess what? A big, big time fuser. Not an isolator. It's hard. So, where would the fuser be? A fuser is an anxious, preoccupied a codependent, an isolator is the dismissive avoidant, um, and not just the dismissive avoidant. You know, could be a narcissist. You know, the narcissist falls in all categories. But anyways, so, so you know, what what what, what does this mean? We're doing push, pull, push, pull, push, pull, push, pull, and. And when we, you know, so when we're growing up and we're marrying and we're in relationships with the opposite, that's what happened, and neither partner is satisfied, right? So, you have to understand that um, when we're when you know when we're either overcompensated for what we didn't get from our own or you know our own parents or blindly um, we're blindly recreating these um, basically these same relationships parental relationships if we're overcompensated or we're undercompensated and you know what and it's basically the legacy of wounding you are repeating repeating your parental relationships in your marriage i will repeat it you are repeating your parental uh, relationships in your marriages in your relationships no doubt. I want to ask you a question. And I'm going to, um in the, in the, uh, com- not the comment section, in the, I don't even know what the hell it's called in this podcast. What the hell is that called? In like the information section. <laughs> Why don't I know what it's called? I have no idea. What am I on? My 74th podcast? Anyways. Okay. So, um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a link to download this PDF that I'm just going to give you a quick review of because you're going to want to do this. You are going to want to do this because it's going to open your eyes so you're like, what? Whoa. Okay, so I want you to write down two to five negative characteristics of your mom and dad. Okay, two to five. Uh, I don't know. Controlling, not emotionally connected, uh, verbally abusive, um, never there for the family, um, walked on eggshells, whatever it is, two to five of mom and dad or whoever your main character gi- giver was. Like for me, I didn't have a mom. So um, I just, it was, my, it was all about my dad. And it was about my aunts and my grandmothers too, right? Because that was a whole other fucked up relationship I had with all of them. So anyways, um, then I want you to write, after you write two to five char- negative characteristics about your parents, each one separately. Then I want you to write two to five positive characteristics about your mom and dad. Now, this PDF that you can click on and download is going to I mean, it gets really specific, and it's going to go boom, mind blown, mind blown, boom, bomb, bomb, bomb. Okay, so now you have the list: two to five negative characteristics about mom and dad, two to five positive characteristics about mom and dad. Now think of your current relationship, spouse, partner, whatever it is. I don't, you know. Now, what what attracted you to them? 95% 95% of the time, you're going to say to yourself, whoa, I was attracted to the positive characteristics that I saw every once in a while in my parents, right? I saw, you know, the caring, the whatever it was, every once in a while, the, what? I, again, whatever you write. Then what you're going to find out is this. And those are the people you want to marry. That's what you're looking for in a relationship. But what you end up marrying is what? What comes out as soon as the power struggle starts. Ha, I'll tell you what comes out. Oh, all the negative characteristics of your mom and dad. You've literally recreated the parental relationship. Then in this in this PDF, it's gonna ask you more questions. Tell me, um, you know, how did you react as a child to conflict? How did you react? And guess what? How do you react to conflict today? What? You freeze? What? You run? What? You fight? It's messed up up and you're living it and you will not not let me repeat heal this just by continuously doing nothing about it because what happens is this one a bad behavior or 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 maybe a behavior that triggers you brings you right back into that latent childhood programming that says i'm not good enough i'm unworthy they don't love me i'm trapped i can't trust anybody whatever those limiting beliefs are and your partner or spouse does something that triggers that belief, that is when then whatever that behavior was, you react. And then a bad, be, a bad behavior, or even just a behavior, then creates a bad reaction, then another bad reaction to that reaction, then throw in another bad reaction, then fucking throw in another bad reaction, and you are in a cycle. You are a cat chasing his tail, a dog chasing his tail, a dog chasing a cat, whoever the hell chases who. And most likely, it's in your marriage, one of you is chasing the other, and one of you is running away. And it will not stop without actually stopping and saying no more. I don't know when enough is enough. I don't know. And I I can tell you this. There is only one way people change. One way. No other way. And I don't care. I I would argue. I will argue it. Not even argue it. I will state it until the day I no longer breathe. People do not change until it is harder to stay the same period. People do not change until it is harder to stay the same period. People do not change until it is harder to stay the same period. So is it harder to stay in this marriage and relationship right now? Or are you ready to say no more? It takes one person, one person to start changing the dynamics of a relationship. So let me keep going. Um. So again, you can download that PDF, I would do it. Um, so what happens then is you become, when you get then you know, get together with your partner, or your spouse, you have an unconscious partnership. And what's in there? What's in this unconscious partnership? Oh, all of those unmet childhood needs, all of those unfilled desires, To be nurtured, to be protected, and basically allowed for you to have, you know, proceed unhindered, you know, along this path to maturity. So what's in this unconscious partnership is what I say all the time. All of those unmet, you know, childhood needs and desires, guess what I've called voids. They are now big, huge, gaping voids, big, huge holes all over you. And what you're doing in the unconscious partnership is saying to your partner, you need to fill these, fill these voids, fill these needs that my, par- my partner, my, my parents couldn't fill. They can't because guess what? They want you to fill their voice. <laughs> How can they fill yours? They can't. Nobody can but you. God, it's so hard for people to understand. And I understand why it's so hard for people to understand. But I just like, oh, I just want you to understand because you don't have to live in mediocrity. But the biggest problem is what? Fear, fear of abandonment, fear of being left, fear of being alone, fear of not enough money, fear of so many things, fear, fear, fear. But once you fill those voids within yourself, most those fears go away those fears i had gaping holes now today i know my worth so i'm not going to take anything less than what i'm worthy of which is only only the best and the best doesn't mean financially best it means it means massively respected, loved, nurtured, cared for. Where I, me and my relationship is held on a pedestal. Trust. Not afraid to have, um, uh, tell the truth in my marriage or relationship. I'm not married, but not afraid to tell the truth. Not afraid of conflict. Not afraid of a reaction from somebody because they don't like what I'm saying. Come on, if you can't tell the truth in your marriage about what's going on, what the hell are you doing? What kind of marriage is that? If you cannot be honest with your partner, your spouse, your whoever, what are you doing? You're fearful. You have abandonment issues. That's what you're doing. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm saying, I guess it's just, I want you to see this. There will be a day. Because the day comes for everybody where you will be no more and you, God forbid, lay there and go, what the hell did I accept? What in the hell did I accept? Ugh, that's my greatest fear, you know. If I had a fear, and I don't even fear that because I don't live that way, it would truly be to not have lived. The life i was meant to live that was my greatest fear i said nope 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 no way no way no way so when you are in an unconscious partnership okay you have to understand these emotional injuries that you have are so deep that, you know, it doesn't take much for me to look at you, at your partner, at your spouse, look within and find where your anxiety is, your fear is, your anger is. I mean, and sometimes it's such specific events. It's unbelievable things. So many of my clients are like, Heather, I didn't even see this. I didn't even see it. And when that, and you know, not all of them. There's some of them very specific incidents that cause massive fear around something like water, even, and that is related to their parent. There's just so many things that um, amplify our fears, our reactions, our things, right? So, so when you have, you can't reasonably react. When you're reacting disproportionately to anything, it is not coming from the adult. It is coming from a wounded inner child. When you are accepting things you should not accept, your wounded inner child is saying, I'm too scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, and you accept it. When you accept lies and you know it's bullshit, that's your inner child accepting it. How is it that somebody can be a CEO of a company but allow their marriage to be nothing but fear of, you know, and take shit they shouldn't take? Oh, God, I've said this so many times on this podcast. People look at me and they're right. I am super confident. I am not, a, not I'm not arrogant. I am confident in my abilities and my assertiveness. What is assertiveness? It means I honor myself and I honor people I'm talking to. I am honoring you right now by telling you the truth. It means that I do not walk away from conversations that don't need to be, you know, had. It also means, guess what? I have to watch myself. Am I gonna cross the line from assertiveness to aggressiveness? Because it can be crossed. Right? Because I remember I was an act outer, I was a fighter i responded in rage anger once i was triggered if somebody triggered me i or actually they didn't trigger me well yeah actually that's not yeah people triggered me and then people unknowingly triggered me right so but i honor myself you gotta honor yourself you gotta honor that inner child So every time you react disproportionately to any event, you're begging to be seen and heard. That inner child is begging to be seen and heard because why? It's never been seen and heard. She or he has never been seen or heard. And you're saying, please see me and please hear me. That is, you know, I talk to myself in third person all the time, why? Because I do feel like it's my higher self, my true self, my inner being talking to me saying, you know, and I'll say, okay, Heather, calm down. Heather, assess what's really going on here. Heather, why are you feeling this way right now? Heather, what made you think that this was the right, you know, all the time, every day? Heather, are you going to have a great day today? Yes, I'm going to have a fucking great day today. Yes, today is a great day. Heather, what do you think about, you know what, how much, how much more can you do today that is going to actually be helpful for other people? Or, Heather, have you done enough today? Are you actually overworking? Are you? I literally talk to myself as my higher being, inner guide, God within all the time. It's the higher consciousness in me bringing me to the spiritual side because we are spiritual beings living a human life. And we forget that. And so we act like we don't have a higher consciousness, that we're just operating out of the subconscious. Boom, 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 boom. Programming. Right? So when we, you know, when we lose our, our ability to um, be able to decipher how to react instead, how to respond instead of react, why we're feeling what we're feeling, why we're confident here, but we take shit here. When we're all that, we're in trouble, okay? It's time, you know, um, to figure it out. To figure it out. And again, I don't know basically what... I can do for you to, to really understand that it's time to validate yourself. Okay? You do exist. You are important. Your needs, your feelings, your wishes are important. Because when you believe that you do, who you are is not okay, that you're not important, that your needs and feelings and wishes are not important to the family the impact of those messages is devastating to that child within you to that child okay so then it results in what a lifelong struggle to feel worthy valued lovable and so many times we just basically pretend to be someone else while what repressing our feelings of anger fear and then we become you know Anxiety written, depressed, and then we turn to addictions. What to soothe the pain? You know, and so I just want you to understand that you're, you instinctively observe the choices your parents made, the freedoms and pleasures that they allowed, you know, themselves into you, you know, Um, and when, and when you're watching them, you know, they've even, they've even allowed you to develop the talents that they thought that you could have. But you have taken talents in you that are there waiting to be used, but you're too fearful to use them, right? So all of this had a profound effect on us. And I need you to understand that when we cover our wounds with healing ointment and gauze, basically an attempt to just heal ourselves, you know, it's just Band-Aids all over. But no matter what, you know, your efforts are, you end up with emptiness. That emptiness, you're dying, you're, you really want it to be filled. So sometimes it's, it's, you know, we fill it with unhealthy relationships, looking for them to fill it. Then when we realize they can't fill it or other people can't fill it, we will turn to food, drugs, activities, alcohol, all, all the, in the whole time we're, you know, and other things, work, work, workaholic, we become workaholics, we just look for everything, gossip, you think gossiping is just because, oh, you know, I, I do not engage in gossiping ever anymore, Liter none, none, I don't give a sh. no, no, I don't have time for that, I don't give a crap what Harry, Joe, and Sue, and blah, blah, blah are doing, you know. The You know, one of the best things about being 52 and an empty nester is I do not have to be involved in things like, I hate to say it, but the PTA anymore. All the freaking parents gossiping at the pickup lines and everything else. And I'm not saying I didn't partake at times. Oh, I did. I did. And it was nothing but ugly. It was Ugly. You know, so we so we keep basically yearning for this joyful connection and this sensation of feeling fully alive. But you got to remember, most of our early struggles, our old brains, those brains of ours, those the, you know what, kept a very careful record of them. Especially those experiences that you had a child that triggered strong emotions such as anger, fear, despair. And although you're an adult now, okay, and you are, you're capable of, you know, keeping yourself fed, warm, dry, the most primitive part of that brain, the subconscious, still expects people around us to be mindful of our unmet needs that are voids so they can satisfy them and it will not happen. It will not happen. And, you know, Freud asked, which was, you know, what do women want? You know, what do men and women want from their love, you know, relationships? And I just believe that, guess what? What we want is we all want the experience of feeling fully alive connected and joy, joyfully in a responsible respectful trusting way where we depend on each other we're autonomous and we're relational and but our but what we do is we seek one particular person to be the primary source of our entire salvation right and we want that person. We think it's that person is the conduit for what we expend, you know, getting the full aliveness and joy. And remember, the person you most most likely fall in love with has those negative positive traits that got you in. You ignored the red flags. Why? Because the positive traits kept you there. It felt familiar. And then, but they really mostly have the negative traits of your parents. And you've now repeated that relationship. And you believe that that person that you've married or that your your partner has the key to unlock your kingdom of love and joy and happiness. Yeah, no, they have the key to the dungeon. Sorry. Sorry it is not funny it's reality. And I can't. I think I I think I try to tell you this in hundreds of different ways all the time between my podcast, between LinkedIn, Instagram, which is where I am the most. LinkedIn I really go in depth. I can really, but I just got I just want you to see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you think you found is actually a deep, dark well if you don't understand what's going on in Heal. So, anyways, thank you for tuning in today to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. You can click the link in the that information section. Download that PDF. Do it. It was going to literally open your eyes to why you are with who you are are and it will not just change. Visit my website. There's a lot of information on there too. Um have a great day, evening, morning, wherever you are in this world. I love you. I care. Bye-bye.